Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 78 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, a one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy. I have my coffee, and with me is also, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> Do you have your coffee? You don't need it. No, it's the middle of the afternoon. I think you'll find. So coffee has been acquired, had, and now we have Dr. Pepper. And everything is right in the world. Okay. Okay. All is right. So, how are things? Yeah, man. I, uh, I actually played a game this week that I've been looking forward to play for a while. Crackdown 3. It finished downloading. It took forever. Uh, and yes. I played it. We're glad that within the last week it finished downloading. I know, right? It took bloody forever, man. I don't know what's going on with the size of these games these days, but good grief. Why did it have to take so long? But uh, I think you'll be interested to know uh, that it sucks. It's really bloody boring. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I waited such a long time to play it. Uh, now, I, this you know is what? the question. Did you wait longer... For it to load, then the length of time that you actually played the game. I think I might have in some instances. I think I might have. I think I played it for maybe a total of 30 minutes before I was like, what? <laughs> so th- this isn't spoilers by any means, because any any video you watch about it, they're probably going to show you the amount of gameplay that I played. But basically, you are dropped into a scenario where... You have been rescued from some sort of government attempt to wipe out all the crackdown agents uh, and the kind of government body has made like refugee camps and stuff outside of the city and they're not letting people in. I don't know. It was really confusing. And then you you just get dropped into this housing entry facility for uh these these immigrants and you i guess blow it up or kill whoever's in charge of it and then it lets the the people into the city and then your next set of missions is to take control of the tram centers so that the people can pass through and the trams controlled by an evil ai and i think when i started to be officially done with the game was when the AI is just like this computerized face or whatever, and then it turns into a like a like a sad, mad, frowny face. And I was just like, "Are you serious right now?" Was like, it like an emoji? Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed really cheesy and not in a good way. And um, to be fair, maybe I maybe I screwed myself over by putting it on easy because it was really easy. Um, <sighs> And so I was just like murdering everything in sight and I'm sure taking things over a lot faster than you're supposed to for progression. But then I got to the third tram line and then just got brutalized. So the, the difficulty slider seems a bit insane. 
because I, I just absolutely got pelted. I couldn't figure out how to regen my health. The tool tips, they really need some help with that. It was not clear how to regen, what button to use, whether it was a spell or, I don't know, behind cover regen. I have no idea. To this day, I have no idea. But I died and I was like, well, uh, you were pretty boring. So I think I'm done. <laughs> not sure why <laughs> that was and since. I don't even care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now I can see why people don't like it. I'd, it's really hard to explain, but it kind of it kind of seems like a slap in the face, actually, to people Ooh. who like Crackdown. I know, but I remember the original Crackdown being you kind of were just much more badass and it kind of seemed a bit more serious. This is camp as hell. I wonder if they were going for like some cross between Saints Row and whatever Crackdown originally was. Maybe, but they missed the mark. It just it just came off as cheesy. Like, I don't know. And the difficulty slider was like too easy, but then I still couldn't figure out how to heal myself. I don't know. There was just a lot of problems there. Not impressed. (laughs) Not impressed. That was, that's the stamp of disapproval from Amanda. Not impressed. Um, and so you did get to play that. Did you play anything else or did you just unfortunately waste your time playing that? I I did unfortunately waste my precious gaming hours playing that and I haven't played anything. Except for I played a couple Alexa games. Yeah, I highly you recommend did? if y'all got Alexas. Yeah, there's a there's Song Quiz, which plays you five second clips of songs from whatever decade you choose, and you can compete with your friends to guess the title and artist. That's quite fun. And then uh, there's a Trivia Hero, which in sixty seconds you answer as many questions correctly as you possibly can, and you compete against your friends. It's they're both really good games, like solid solid games. I'm kind of excited about trying to play these games now, even though I don't want Alexa in my house or I don't want I don't want Alexa listening to what I have to say on a regular basis. But she's here and, you know, I'm slowly warming up to welcoming the overlords. Uh-huh. And uh, and with that, I would like to play both of those games. Those games are right up my alley. So. Yeah, they're like very family-friendly games. The song game you can play with up to four people, and the trivia game you can play with up to 20 people because it's only a minute for each person and just right. answer as many questions as you can. It's really fun. Oh, and they've got another one called Escape the Room, which you can play with as many people as you want, and it's like you just get plopped into a scenario and you have to figure out creatively how to get out of it, and you can only like look in cardinal directions, use objects, inspect objects, or use objects with So it's like an old school point and click adventure kind of only just your imagination and verbally. It's really cool. I recommend. So we did the jail one yesterday. How ironic is it that we are in this day and age of, you know, the, the greatest graphics and our topic today is kind of right up this this street as well. But the most excited I've been to play a game right now is some analog style game, you know, that, that yeah. basically takes place entirely <laughs> in my imagination. Uh, and that I can play couch co-op with my entire family. I mean, that is yeah. that's got me more excited to play games than almost any game that I've this year easily interesting just interesting well yeah, it's really good. Uh, for me I've um, I've played nothing new but that is not for a lack of trying I have scoured Xbox Live um, and and uh, PlayStation plus 
for games. I don't like the way that they have it set up now, even though I think it's probably more effective, uh, maybe more efficient for PlayStation and Xbox. But they have everything under the same menus. So, like, if you look up RPGs, you know that how they have PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 4, all backwards, kind of backwards compatible, uh, or that I can look up and download those games, buy those games if I want to. But the problem is I can't seek them out individually. Like, I can't just look up all PS4 games or all PS2 games. And I was looking for some retro game that maybe I'd be interested in playing. I really was kind of in the mood to play an RPG, a good PlayStation RPG. That's where all of them were at one point. And so, uh, but I, I just, either they don't have them or their menus are kind of cumbersome and I can't really, I couldn't locate it. And one of the biggest complaints I've had for both Xbox and PlayStation is Steam at least has a wish list. So if I if I click on something I can't buy right now and I definitely don't want to have to spend 25 minutes coming back through this stupid menu to find, I can click it and add it to my wish list and it'll go on to a separate list. I mean, Audible does this. And so I can do it for Audible. I can't do it for PlayStation, at least not to my knowledge. I can't just click on games as a, like, you, I can give it a thumbs up, but that doesn't mean it goes to any particular list so that I can go back and access that and say, oh yeah, these are the games that I've been kind of watching. Now I've saved all my pennies and I can buy, I can buy another game. Uh, yeah. And I don't know, it just, it seems like a flaw. Um, get on it, PlayStation and Xbox, because yeah. it seems like it would be a way for you to kind of consolidate all of your wants and needs and dreams. And for ease of access, instead of having to go back through a big ass stupid menu full of games, many of which I will never and have zero intention of ever playing. And I think most people are that way. They're not going to play 900 games. They are looking for something in particular. And to have a list that I could access, I just think would be advantageous for them to make money and for me who wants to spend it. So there you go. So all that to say, I was looking for a game. So what I ended up playing again was World of Warcraft. Um, Battle for Battle for Azeroth. I know, I know. Well, by the time our uh, podcast had released, the Tides of Vengeance—not uh, Tides of Vengeance, but the next Battle for uh, Azalor. You don't know. I could be making it up right now. Uh, yeah, the next patch, patch eight point one point five released and that's with the new races and all that stuff and i haven't unlocked all of the achievements it takes to get the new races uh which i plan on doing uh because this expansion has been one of the best expansions in a long time and it's just a lot of fun the story is really good they there are a lot of uh cutscenes that are done in game like with the in-game engine so it's the graphics from the game but it's a cutscene, and and uh and stuff like that is much more immersive, you know, and, and things that they're trying. And I don't know that they've done this with other MMOs. I can't speak on those. I think Guild Wars may be the closest uh, that has gotten to this. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic tried it, or the Old Republic, Star Wars, the Old Republic tried it. Where you you have decisions that that you make in the game that have an effect on on the rest of the game like your experience in the game. And uh, the the Star Wars the Old Republic did that because each class had decisions that you had to make. But basically, you followed a narrative. And that was your narrative. 
and there really wasn't much right. you could do. In this instance, I can actually make some choices that are going to that may actually diverge the path of my character and from other characters that are either in the same class or even in the same faction. So either horde or alliance, I could make a decision and it can change the trajectory of my character away from people within my own faction. And I think that's really interesting. I don't know to what extent uh, that's going to play out, but I think that's really cool. And it's really cool in a game as old as World of Warcraft that they're continuing to innovate with it. And, and uh, which will, you know, we'll get into that with our main topic today. But uh, I've just had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun going back and, and getting some of the old achievements. And I think that's one of the things that is missing in a lot of games uh, nowadays. Uh, but like I said, I don't want get, to get ahead of it, get ahead of myself by going into the topic before we get there. Um, but, uh, you know, there are still a lot of things that World of Warcraft is doing very well to keep people... Yeah into the game and, and having fun, not just grinding. So anyway, that's what I've been playing and I've been having a lot of fun and unlock, unlocking the story. I'm getting invested in the story again. And so I, it made me, it made me a little bit nostalgic and I went and bought, um, uh, the audio book, uh, rise of the Lich King, which just, it just came out on, uh, audible. Okay. Just, just a plug, not one for anything, not, not a sponsor, just a plug. But, uh, <laughs> It just came out. Christy Golden wrote it, and she's probably one of the best authors writing for uh, for Blizzard. And uh, it's been really good so far. So, but that's what I've been playing. Hmm. I had to take a coffee break. Um, I mean, I'm glad that you're getting fueled. Hey, I know. I need it. I need it. I need it. It's it's still early here. Um. So, with that said, uh, that brings us to our gaming news. Which uh, is we're a little little slim, a little trim on the on the gaming news, but I do have a couple uh, stories that I wanted to I share. Only have did one, you have anything so, that you did? Yeah, only All right. one. So, well, um, their PUBG has some huge problems in India. Uh, it's been banned in a couple Indian cities like uh, Rajkot, um, and they've started arresting people. For playing oh the game, yeah. Um, the officials say that it is a quote-unquote demon in every house, and they've banned the game because of um, some suicides and violent behavior that they're linking back to the game. Um, and it's really popular. It's one of the top five markets for mobile gaming overall, um, and because PUBG is really good on mobile. Um, more than 40% of users in India spend an hour every day playing games on their phone. So it's a huge, it's a knock to PUBG if it's starting to be banned and people are getting arrested for playing it, you know, from a commercial perspective. Yeah. But more, um, they're saying that they think it's really popular because it's got a really active voice chat feature. And that is quite important to people in the Indian markets. Um, but they, they had one suicide and two like self-harming incidents linked to the game. So they've actually started to criminally prosecute people for playing it, which I don't think I've ever seen any instance of any game be 
criminalized and people actually get arrested anywhere. I don't think I've ever heard of that in my life. So I thought it was pretty no. substantial gaming news and concerning because I think, you know, PUBG is definitely not the worst game I've seen as far as something that should be banned. I know we've talked about much worse ones, even like last podcast. Right. So um, it is worrisome. That is worrisome. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. I also am not really privy to what games are available there in India. Um, and so I don't know if they have like, if they have access to, to Steam and, and some of the trash that's, that's you know, which by the way, the game that we discussed last week was actually pulled off. Uh, of oh, Steam. good. Uh, so it was pulled off of Steam, I think, before our episode even aired. Uh, which oh, is wow. good. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it should be. In fact, not only that, the actual game developer went on record to say that, yeah, perhaps our game didn't belong on Steam to begin with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can't tell if he's trolling everybody from Steam just to see if he could get it on there. And he did. Yeah. And he's like, nah, you're probably right. It didn't belong here. Um, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, check out our previous episode. You can, you, you'll, you'll get an earful. Yeah. There's we talk about it at we talk about that particular game at length. So um anyway, so that's that's interesting and, and, and worrisome, troublesome. That's uh I mean I don't think anybody all... should get arrested for playing a game. You know what I mean? That's kind of like guilty until proven innocent. Like the reality of it is is that unstable people who engage in any sort of violent media are quite likely to be incentivized by that to do violent acts. But most people that, you know, don't have problems with self-harm, mental health, anything like that. I mean, it's just not a thing. It's not right. a thing. And those 16 people that are now sat in jail, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Probably the majority of them are absolutely fine and it wouldn't have caused any real detriment to their behavior. Um, I do think that it's important to note that I think any violent media, you know, not to just, not just games. Yeah. Video, like movies, books. Yeah. You watch, uh, 13 reasons why you're going to be more likely. Uh, I mean, if you're mentally unstable, that, that could be something that pushes you and it's almost impossible to distinguish that. And that's the trouble with this kind of research and association anyway. You know, I mean, what they're doing in India is, is not objectively scientific. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's another way to do it instead of knee-jerk reactions. Speaking of knee-jerk reactions, I do want to mention this. I, I, it's not really related, but it's kind of related. Somehow we can relate it to games. James Gunn is back as Guardian of the Galaxy uh, 3 director. Okay. And I can't that made me happier than I think than I was prepared to experience. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I did not know how much that decision kind of affected me. And I'm not saying like my day to day, I didn't mention it once a day or anything like that. Um, but I did feel like it was an injustice that he was fired and why he was fired and the, and the uh, outrage culture that we're kind of still in right now was enough to swell the minority, the really, really loud minority that was screaming for his, his head. Uh, they won initially and he was fired and moved on to DC doing his own thing with them. 
And then over the course of the last year plus, uh, you know, I feel like they realized they had made a mistake. Both, yeah, uh, you know, and good common sense won out. You know, and and uh, and now, someone who has a passion for this, and and all the all of the actors that had a passion for working with them, they're going to get to finish their their little trilogy. Uh, and and I mean, that's I think that's good for the people. But I thought it was good for him as well because that that he did not deserve to be treated that way. Uh, for what he did, and yeah. and uh, yeah, I thought that was overall that was good. And and if uh, you don't agree, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. Just at me. Here we go. <laughs> it's um, funny because uh, I thought of another thing that I recently saw yesterday that uh, AirPods are now linked to brain cancer. Ooh, which sucks because I'm wearing some right now. I was about to say, aren't you wearing them? <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. 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 How do Just, they even uh, know getting... that? So they're saying that um, because wireless headphones use radio wave technology right. passing through the skull specifically to create the link between the two headphones that allows your voice to sound like it's in one place instead of two places, right. um, that it's the passing of those radio waves that can interfere with your natural brain signals and cause brain cancer, which... I would like to see more studies on that before I actually stop using AirPods because now that I've gone hands-free, it's like really hard to go back. <laughs> oh, I agree. I although I'm I am would never use them because you have to charge them. And every student that I have that wears them around campus looks ridiculous. Um, even when they're like not listening to them, they're just in their ears. I'm like, you look ridiculous um but that's also because it's new and it's different i get it and and um it's it's not what you know you don't have the cumbersome wires that absolutely get tangled up and mess everything up well, it's a status symbol right now because they're the most ridiculously overpriced headphones that you can get i didn't pay for them myself so oh I feel well perhaps Still, well, it's definitely a color me symbol. unimpressed by my by the people I see with them. Except for you, I think they they're really awesome for you. Uh, my dad says it looks like I have cigarette butts hanging out of my ears, so <laughs> that's all I can see now that he said that. <laughs> uh, well, then I I I don't want to lie to you. I think it's also silly, um, yeah, and I don't want you to have brain cancer. So let's do some more research and make 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 sure we know that. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're, welcome. You're welcome. All right. Um, so uh, the news that I was going to talk about is this Tuesday. So by the time that this uh, recording goes live, this will already have happened. I'm sorry. Maybe, you know, maybe I can't do anything about it. But by the time you hear this, you will have already learned about Google's new gaming service. Um, apparently oh this God. Tuesday in San Francisco, there is a uh, supposed to be a, a game developers conference where Google will present their new gaming service. Now it's supposed to be a cloud based gaming service. And I did not know this. Did you know that EA purchased Gamefly? No. What? I did not know really this either. Quietly. Yeah, exactly. They purchased Gamefly and they're working on a game, a, a cloud game, cloud based gaming service as well. Um, which I would be all for the rental service, I guess. And maybe if Google did it as a, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this works because you already know how, if you don't have a good internet connection, you can't even 
get oh, your yeah, game you to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, I know that when I buy a digital game, which I loathe having to do anyway, but it's so convenient that that outweighs my impatience, beats out every, you know, every negative feeling and inclination I have that I'm making a mistake. Um, but so I still, I still buy it and I wait three hours while it downloads. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, that's so stupid. It's like I buy it and it, and it's 15 minutes down the road, but if, and to get a hard copy, but I don't have time. So I buy it digitally and it downloads for three hours and I still can't play it. And I just, whatever. I don't, I'm not good at math apparently. Um, anyway, this, uh, this is a really interesting because at this point, if Google enters into the gaming sphere, Apple is the only one that is not technically that said in this same article that was on the verge, um, Apple is also rumored to be working on their own gaming subscription service. So Apple, Google, Sony, everybody, it's a party. You it's know, a part, Xbox, it's a party. and and Google having their own Android platform and pretty much every single phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Chrome, from what I understand, may be the only piece of hardware you need for downloading games or streaming games. Actually, is what it is. So you'll be streaming games. So what are your thoughts on? We've talked about this on the show before, but what are your thoughts on the streaming game service? Uh, look, I'm a big fan of streaming gaming. I think that it can be a really powerful way to get content to people. Um, I have tried a lot of the kind of services that are available. Like I've, I've tried the, the Xbox Game Pass and a couple different like mobile versions of gaming passes and the Ubisoft one and stuff like things that give you access to a catalog. That's not exactly the same, but it's the closest that we've got right now. And then obviously with your voice control gaming, like Alexa and things like that, which is a true streaming game. It, it instantly starts, you know, when, when you um, say open. So I'm interested to see what Google does with it. I really feel like they'd be missing an opportunity if they didn't link it in with the Google Home console. And I feel like they will. Uh, But we can only wait and find out. But I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have some way to control it, some way, some maybe central location or hub. Um, I'm anxious to see how it works. I think that, you know, when we first mentioned this, I think we even talked about how Assassin's Creed was the first game that they tried with this, right? Um, or they've tried this service with. Uh, and that's a good choice for a game, not because I particularly like that series or anything. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not my favorite. Um, but because they're so dense, there's such a, there's such a, it's such a big game that if you can stream that particular game, I would say that most other games you know, that, uh, you know, would fall kind of right in line with that. And if, if that's your litmus test, then, then you should be, you should be okay with most games. I'd say maybe the games where you're going to have more trouble or where you're having, where you have more going on at the screen at once. But I think that Assassin's Creed's one of those that has a lot going on, a lot of individual characters that each have their own role and their own AI. And they react to you. So, I mean, that's to, I mean, that's just my opinion. And again, I don't know as much about the technical side, obviously, as the next person or someone who's actually doing it. But to me, that seems like a pretty good test to see how this works. 
So maybe it does. Maybe it will. I guess we'll see. I like games. I like games. I like being able to access the game. Just a couple days. Yeah. So by the time we will, well, let's make a prediction since it's it'll this will happen Friday, and uh, we will we are recording this uh, a week before and two days before the actual conference and a week before it's released. What say you about the happenings? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Or what do you, what, what would you predict? If you could have one, you know, baby prediction that we could go back and say, ha, we predicted it. I think it's going to be an integrated Chromecast Google Home gaming experience with like some sort of peripheral controller. That's what I'm thinking. I agree. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree. But I also think that they're going to have three or four major game publishers on board as well. I think you're going to see the release of, I say that at the you're going to see one game release that is exclusive to this system. And it's going to be a triple A game. Okay. Okay. Um, Something that's going to get people to bite. So that is my prediction. And again, this is being recorded a couple days before. It's going to be released released a few days after. And, you know, you can believe us or not. But we made the predictions and they're probably going to be super wrong. All right. So that brings us to our actual topic today. Uh, last week, we talked about the attention economy, and this was a new term to me. I was kind of fascinated at the thought of it, attention economy, because this is something that has plagued me and my and my mind uh, for, for years now, really, because I've always known there was something up. I, I couldn't put my finger on, on it exactly, but I knew there was something up with the way everything media-wise, social and otherwise, including, you know, gaming, was was evolving to try to take up as much of our time as possible for good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, they were just, they wanted you to be plugged in all the time, whether that is social media, whether that's streaming services like Netflix and binge watching things or games that, that uh, are, you know, that, that uh, purport themselves as, as live services, you know, that you got to log in every day. You got to do this, that, and the other. And, there's only so much time. There's finite resources for games that want an infinite amount of time. And, uh, and so we talked about that last week. And so this week, we want to talk about the, the attention economy and how we can use it in a good way. Or how games can, can I guess, how, can, how they can use that positively. So what, what thoughts do you have just kind of opening up? Because this... This goes in a whole lot of directions for me. Um, just how to make the, how to do this right for games. So I, I wrote a little note here. I, I feel like it's almost it's it's almost too bad of a joke. It says make games fun again. And wow, okay. Do you need a red hat to put that I on? I know it. I know it. As I said it, I kind of vomited in my mouth. Cringe. I, Cringe. I <laughs> Oh, like I said, I threw up a little bit. Um, anyway, uh, but what I mean, what I, but what I really mean is, is, is like put the, put the effort back in making 
games what they were supposed to be and not just something that hooks you with that dopamine response. The, the only thing that we really care about uh, to keep coming mm-hmm. back to get that little that little slow drip feed of dopamine. Um, put the effort in and that's something we'll get into here. But initially, what are, what kind of are your thoughts about this positive use or of, of attention economy or just attention economy in general? Well, so first I would say let's just briefly like recap what we were talking about last time about what attention economy actually means. So this is Spurn. Now let's do you, now let me just get this straight. You do want one of those hats. Uh I will pass. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> um so this this spurred from the fact that Netflix considers Fortnite to be their biggest competitor in the marketplace in terms of the attention economy. Absolutely. Um and that means that when we talk about attention economy, we're talking about literally anything that you are doing to fill your time, whether it is housework or media or reading or whatever, just whatever you're filling your time with. Obviously, your family. Yeah. Every restaurant wants your attention. Every bar wants your attention. Every attraction wants your attention. You only have so much time in the day. So what does that mean? And how can games do it in a way that we like? And for me, uh, one of the things that I like that games do is they crack on without you. And I know that sounds weird, but um, Forza has an interesting um, mechanic where you can have a little avatar rider that is doing races and competing on your behalf based on your skill level while you're not in. So when you log in, you get cool stuff and perks that your avatar has been doing while you've been gone. So it actually gives you that um, sense of accomplishment kind of right from the get-go. And it makes it easier for you to kind of hit the ground running. So I like something like that. I think more games could do something like that, like have your other team members and stuff be living full and complete lives when you're not in the game. And when you log in, you're kind of catching up on what they've been doing. Now, a couple different games have this. Mass Effect has something similar where you can send squads to go do stuff and things like that while you're not in the game. Um, But... I'd like it to be a bit more advanced. I'd like if I spend a lot of time away from the game that perhaps their allegiances have changed. Perhaps I've lost party members. They've formed their own faction. Um, I've you know gotten something good, like I've discovered a new planet or I've created a new settlement or something like that. I'd like not necessarily my character because I think that's the hardest part to get over with the avatar thing at Forza is that you know well if I'm not driving then what is this but maybe the rest of your squad is actively contributing to the mission while you're not there I think that encourages the likelihood that I'm going to log in because some of the oh what some of what you have to overcome is just booting the game up you've got a million other things you could be doing what's going to encourage you to actually turn it on and that's one of the things. So what's one of your things? Yeah, for me, um, I think that's interesting. I didn't know, I did not know that about Forza, to be honest. Um, I don't play racing games usually, but, um, although I thought about it the other day and I, and I, I used to play like Gran Turismo. I used to have it. I, I didn't really care about, um, I, I wasn't very good at the racing part of it. I kind of wanted to collect the cars, but you kind of have to be good at the really racing part of it to get the cars. So, uh, I think, uh, Gran Turismo three was the last one I ever bought. And, and, uh, I didn't play it a whole lot and i really bought it cause it was a beautiful game. And, and, and I really appreciated that and I was not any good at it. And so learn that real quick. 
You know, World of Warcraft and Swotor both had a component like this um, where you could send your party members out Mass Effect style to do quests while you're gone. You could do it while you're in game as well. Like you could send them out to do things and uh, they'd go. They had certain skills they were good at. They could collect resources for you, come back. You know, sometimes they'd get rare items uh, on Swotor and that would be something that you could use as gifts or as, uh, uh, for, uh, for building resources to make something unique. And I, all that was cool. Uh, World of Warcraft actually has an app and they've had this for a few years where, uh, you can log in. It's kind of an authenticator as well, I believe. Uh, so it, it kind of is another step to protect your account, but also, uh, you can send out your, your, uh, your little, your minions, to go do certain quests. Um, now the quests cost resources and the resources generally you have to get by being in game, uh, which is fine. Uh, that's, that's part of it. It's like, you can't completely detach from the game and let this app play the game for you, but it lets you do a lot of the side stuff, uh, which is, you know, it's, it, it lets you kind of play and stay plugged in all the time. And that app is free, you know, and that experience is free, you know, as long as you pay your subscription. Uh, but at this point, World of Warcraft has made it to where if you can make enough in-game gold, you can get WoW tokens, and you can play the game for free. Uh, did you know, Did you, have you heard about this? No, I didn't know that. Jesus. Okay, so basically, if you make enough in-game gold, which is apparently people are doing, lots of people are doing this, not enough to really offset, uh, you know, the, the money that Blizzard's making, but that it is possible to make enough in-game gold to buy WoW tokens that you can use for game time. And and so essentially by grinding and everything else and, and using the auction house and, and, and making money, I can make gold and play the game for free. Jeez, okay. If I play enough. Yeah, which I think that's that's pretty freaking cool you know that that you have a way in game now to play for free you can also trade those wow tokens for other things uh that do cost actual real money uh, and i think that's a way to make that that kind of flips the whole thing on its head in terms of people who are paying to play and paying to win is these people are are playing to play you know they they the their actual time spent invested in the game the return on that is free you know, free to play game, essentially, uh, as long as they as long as they keep that up. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, but other than that, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of games that that really incorporate this very well. At least none of the games that I really like to play. Uh, I think that one of the biggest issues is that you have games that uh, end up getting padded. Nowadays, they're padded with content. So I think that developers, what they're doing is they are mistaking a, you know, a long game for a good game. Uh, or they just know that if we can create live services, which is something that, they're obsessed uh, you, know, with. that you have to continue to log back in. Yeah, you, and, and you like Anthem. <laughs> Man, you know, I've wanted to play Anthem really bad, but I keep, I keep hesitating because and it's I'm, I'll be completely honest because of the negative reaction from people that I respect in the industry about what the game actually is and I don't think it's actually Bioware's fault. Really, I I haven't completely. seen any I mean, buzz I've, about I mean, it. What are people saying? 
Well, that it's vapid, that it's empty, that it's beautiful, um, but it's substanceless. So there's nothing to the game. Uh, it's it's like Destiny with even less story. And worse loot drops. Um, but it's prettier, you know, and it does have like the, the essence of Bioware, but it's like if the essence was watered down, absolutely, you know, and, and, uh, so you've got, you know, NPCs that you talk to, there is, there is that component where you're back in the hub and you're, you can advance story beats. Unfortunately, no, who cares? Like the, the story's not that interesting and it doesn't seem to tie well to what you're doing while you're out in the world. Again, having only watched videos, I have not had my hands on the game and I can tell you just from looking at the videos and and from the demos and stuff, it's a beautiful game. Like it is an absolutely beautiful game and it looks like it could be a lot of fun and there are components to it that are very interesting to me. But here in lies the problem. You've got this beautiful game where they've, they've developed you know, a, a living, breathing world that seems like it could be really interesting and, and weren't able to put in the effort for whatever reason. Maybe it's out of their wheelhouse or whatever it is, or the developer is mistaking, you know, this, this live service for a good game and to keep people distracted and then we'll roll out story beats later, you know? That's incomplete, though. And that's that, That's backwards. That, that's not how it should be done. You know, you should, if you want to do this right, you do both. Or you at least have the story. Have something that engages the player more than repetitive tasks that are meant to, you know, just keep you busy while we think up the story or while we release the story later, you know. One thing I've always appreciated, and I will come back to WoW because it's the it's the most heavily played, and it's one that is uh, that you can go back and and there there are countless there are hours hundreds of hours worth of lore videos on YouTube. They just released like three chronicles of lore, so you can actually know what's canon in the universe. I mean, it is a lore rich game, and so I mean the problem is is you have to read it if that's a problem to you, but you have to read a lot of it. It's not spoken to you, but that, you know, that's fine. books were a thing at one point. Um, and because of that though, uh, you can get off the beaten path in, in world of Warcraft and, and go down and pull this story thread all the way to its end and, and get completely sidetracked down a rabbit hole. That was super interesting and engaging. And, and you can see how this event actually affected this little village way off to the side and away from the actual main story. Um, and that, that could, that could be hours of entertainment that's unrelated to whatever the main game and what's going on in the main game. And it's not just padded. I mean, you did not have to do that. That was nothing. You might get a little achievement. You might get nothing other than, you know, this little story, you'll get to the end of the story and figure out exactly why all those things happened, or at least, uh, you know, it'll culminate in something. Uh, you, you, there will be a payoff for it. It's not just, you know, it's just not busy work. Um, and so I, I think that's and initially right off the top. I think that's one of the issues and one of the one of the biggest issues with this attention economy is that they think they have to fill it and they fill it, but they don't fill it with anything worthwhile. They just fill it with busy work. And 
And if I, if I learned anything as a, in my profession, everything needs to have a reason, right? You do everything for a reason. You know, you don't have, have a purpose for, for this story, have a purpose for, or at least, you know, kind of pay it off. Don't just do something to do something. It's a waste of everybody's time. Um, let's see games that are, that, that kind of, uh, you know, that, that are guilty of this assassin's creeds really guilty. Of oh this. yeah. Just having flags that you have to go pick up or any repetitive task that doesn't really pay off and doesn't seem to add to the story, but will, but does pad out the game, uh, grinds, you know, um, but, but did you, you know, when you were playing RPGs, did you mind the grind for levels? No, I never really did. But I think that ties in to sort of the other stream that I think is important for attention economy, and that's other people. So I think, right. I think some developers don't really understand how to incentivize playing with other people. Like when I used to play MMORPGs, for every person that you had in the group, you got 10% more experience, but there was 10% like more mobs inside each instance. But it was advantageous right. to have more people because obviously you do way more than 10% damage. So the bigger the team, the more experience everyone got, the easier it was for everyone. So um right. fortnite and I, I i know we keep going back to and talking about fortnite but it just is the most relevant game of the time you know if you if you right. buy the battle pass which basically means you know you're an active subscriber to the game it's a free game so it's a slightly different model but if you buy the battle pass your battle pass bonuses also benefit the other people in your squad so if you're playing on you know as a closed party your benefits and experience level increases benefit them as well to a lesser degree. But I imagine those benefits stack. So if you and all of your friends all had the battle pass, then the amount of levels you can get through, the amount of loot that you get would be increased, I think, 10% for each person in the group, you know, stacked plus your 50% increase that you get yourself. So, I mean, I'm assuming that it stacks. I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, so that's the sort of thing that if you want my attention and time, give me people to play with and incentivize me to play with those people, make the benefits better as a group than you get by yourself. And I think when you're playing with friends, you lose track of time and you spend more of it than you would on your own. I agree. I, I think that is true. And it's in, in having fun elements in the game. I know they continue to iterate on, on a, Fortnite, they keep adding vehicles and they change up the landscape and, you know, and, and they, and they have the battle passes and the, and the different skins that you can earn and, uh, through in-game currency and, and, uh, you know, all those things keep you engaged, you know, and, and, but, but they started, the root of it is a fun game. If you have a fun game, people are going to keep back, keep, you know, keep coming back. It's something that's complete, uh, and, and, and that was kind of a point that I, I had down in my notes is about how games that are really fun, the games that we talk about that, that we come back to that are getting the awards and that aren't being just destroyed online by our outrage culture is are, are the ones that are complete when they're released, even if they have DLC. 
you know, I use Spider-Man as an example. Spider-Man was a complete game that if you bought it and you finished it and you did not buy the DLC, you would be fine. You would you would be able to enjoy it. Every all of the the side quests and the and the collectathons and all that those things were fun and they and they had a payoff. You collect all the backpacks. You get a you know you get a another. Well, the backpacks is the easiest one for me. I, I liked the backpacks more because one of the most fun things in the game is just swinging through the city. And so as you're, I mean, it's just fun to be Spider-Man. So you're swinging through the city and you have it on your radar, like where it is. And it might be at the top of a building. And so you might swing hundreds of feet into the air, let go, catch the building, run up the side of the building, jump up to the top, hold on. You know, you're just basically standing there on the side of a building. And there's a, uh, you know, and there's a backpack at the top of the Empire State's building, you know, or there's one under a bridge. And so you swing under a bridge and then as you come up, you just stick to the ceiling and then you crawl over to it. It's just, they were, they were even fun to collect, you know, and, um, and there weren't like, there weren't a hundred of them, you know, and it, it didn't get so repetitive and ridiculous, uh, that it wasn't fun. And on top of that, one, one more thing. That with each backpack, there was a piece of history, like a piece Love of Spider-Man history. Love lore backpacks as so, well. I mean, we've just doubled down on your favorite thing. Absolutely. So all of my favorite things were involved in that. <laughs> and so and so that made it fun. Uh, you also had these labs that you could go to, and each one of them had its own little mini game. And so you you had to solve, you know, whatever, whatever was needing to be solved at, the, at that particular lab. And they were run by Harry Osborne. And, uh, you know, he was running these experiments and maybe he had to go catch pigeons that were genetically enhanced or, or something. And so you're swinging through the city, uh, you know, uh, catching pigeons or something. And that may seem silly and it, and it was, but it was fun. It was a change of pace and it was something that all of the fun mechanics in the game you were able to kind of do and go use them in this completely unique experience. Um, all that to say, though, you had a complete game. And that if you wanted to spend the extra $15 on the 8 to 10, 12 hours of content that you could get on top of that, that's almost another game for $15. Uh, and and uh, that adds to the story. And it's like, I'm fine. I actually was more than okay paying full price for this game. And then also going ahead and paying for content that hadn't even been released yet. Knowing that I enjoyed this game or I enjoyed what I had played of the game so much that I was like, I would like to have more of this when it's available. And, uh, you know, and, and I've gone back to it and I still play it. I'm, I'm stuck on a couple spots in some of the DLC, but I, you know, I finished the game, the main story, and I finished one of the three chapters of the DLC and, uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun, but I think that's done right. And that's what they're missing is, is Anthem is not a complete game. It is the shell of a game that they're going to keep injecting story into. They're going to keep adding things to, and and that's great later. Right now, it's not a complete game. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. Is they've got grinds. They've got things that make you have to come back and, and play the game. But it's not fun. It's not a complete game. Oh. Um, yeah, that's and, and that's, again, I'm saying that... Knowing I've only I've only listened and and watched demos of the game, um, I've read about the game. I've I've, but I but from everything I've heard from respected from people I respect in the industry, I have no desire to go 
play that game. You know, as much as I want to, as much as I love Bioware, and as much as I thought the game was beautiful, and and it it is both of those things are true. Bioware made it. And it's a really pretty game. Um, it's 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 just missing some major components, and I don't have time for a grind. Uh, that's not fun. Yeah. You know? I really don't have time for a grind, but I definitely don't have time for a grind. That's not fun. Um, well, uh, so, so in the past, one of the things that I didn't really mind was grinding. I did not mind grinding for levels or anything like that. You know, I remember in, in, a Final Fantasy, I'm just running in circles for random battles to pop up so that I can keep getting... Because one of my favorite things was to be so OP when I go in to fight the boss. Yeah. That it makes it way easier and less stressful um, if I can be as strong as possible. Um, same thing with, with puzzles. Like, if puzzles that are fun, but finding that happy medium. Like, you, you never played Cuphead, right? No. Okay. Cuphead was a game that was incredibly frustrating. Ah, that's the wrong choice of words. It was frustrating, but it was fun. And it was fun because the frustrating part of the puzzle would be over relatively quickly. It's like you start the puzzle, you start the game, it's brutally difficult, but you start it and if you suck at it, it ends relatively quickly. And because of that, I was you were able to repeat the process many times you know old dark souls style of lots and lots and lots and lots of death however because the process was fun enough and and you could see there was a mechanic and it was possible it wasn't impossible it wasn't like i don't know what to do here it's like oh i can see what to do it's just my skill i'm not getting good at this get, get um but i but I could see, I could see what the process was. So it was like it, it wasn't unfair. It was just really hard. But it was fun enough that those challenging puzzles would keep me coming back to play it. And I still, I still play it on occasion. Um, it's one if you get out of practice, though, you're going to have a hard time. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you're going to have to get back into it. Um, but, but this is the question I, I have. This is the the main question that I kind of came to uh, through all of this. You know, if we're if we're in this attention economy now you know that that being kind of a buzzword maybe that we're creating or or perpetuating uh how much of the problem are we oh i mean a huge part of the problem we're we're an aging gaming demographic right who was on the front lines <laughs> of the there's or, a point of pride in that, of think. gaming addiction well, uh, I mean, maybe not about gaming addiction, but here's the thing. Like, if if you grew up through the golden age of development of games, like we both did, you're a little bit older than I and you have kids, which is my salient point, <laughs> then you, you know what over-attention to games can do to damage your work, your school, all that sort of stuff. Right. So I think we are part of the problem, not just for ourselves and our busy lives, but for the generations that we're bringing up. I mean, never in my life before, because my parents, obviously games were a foreign concept to them, but you know, not necessarily me because I grew up a little bit poorer than my friends, 
But my friends, their parents never restricted how long they could play games or whatever. You know, once they were 16, 17, they would play video games till four in the morning and then go to school and who knows how well they were actually doing. You know what I mean? That there was never any attention paid to what they were playing, who they were talking to, how long they were playing. That doesn't exist. Whereas now it does. Now, the you know, the people that I know who are gamers, who also have children, yourself, but many other people from all sorts of countries, uh, you know, a good coworker of mine, he's French. Um, and his wife, I think, is from a Eastern European country and they have children together. And his son, who I think is eight, really loves playing Fortnite. But he, he, they've noticed a serious change in his behavior, hanging out with children that maybe don't have such good parental guidance and are using strong language and things like that. And so they've had to really restrict and um, limit the amount of time that he plays on the game and who he plays with and things like that, which is counterproductive to the attention economy. Right. But that also means that it's harder than ever for um, companies to create something that appeals to a wide enough audience that can can keep your time while still being, I guess, in the realm of healthiness. Um, you know, kind of gone are the days where they can't restrict how long you're playing for. Like, you know, at a certain point, I think, I, I forget when, but City of Heroes put in a bit where if you play for too long, you kind of get, you lose your bonuses, you get less XP and things like that because they were trying to get people to take breaks and like be responsible. And um, I think that is why we are part of the problem because we're more educated to these sort of tricks and the damage that extensive gaming can have on your life. Right. I, I think that's interesting that, that uh, City of Heroes did that. I think that they were way ahead of the game. And I think nowadays that floodgate is opened and what they've done or what they're doing is trying to remove as many inhibitions as possible to get you to be as, as engaged as possible for as long as possible. You know, um, I think Netflix does a good job of it. Uh, I mean, in good being relative by every now and then reminding you, <laughs> Hey, are you still watching this? Are you still watching? Yeah. Whenever it says that, I'm like, Netflix, don't judge my life. Exactly. But I mean, that's the thing. If you feel guilty, maybe you should take a step back and be like, you're probably right. I've just spent four hours or five straight hours watching the show. Uh, I could be using that time. <laughs> I should feel guilty. I should, <laughs> I should feel guilty. And, and, and it's not making you stop. It's just a check, you know, and, and you have to be the one to override it. And I think that's the other side of us being the problem. And I mean us being all people who are engaged in this economy, that part of the problem is we do not inhibit ourselves. Part of the problem is, is that we, we allow ourselves and have no self-discipline. And I'm, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives. But I'm also saying that if you're going to do these things and you really can't complain, you know, that if, if that's the case and you're going to engage in these things, then it's it's really your fault if you've spent too much time doing those things uh, or that some of the some of the attention economy uh, are the biggest culprits or the biggest, uh, you know, the, the 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 ones that are kind of leading the, the way and and dominating it. Uh, you know, we are enabling them uh, to do that by either purchasing their games or, you know, or, or uh, subscribing to their services. And, and, and I, again, I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm as big a rebel, I promise you, 
Oh, what, what did Stanley, uh, true believers, true believers. I am as big of a, a rebel as they come. I swear. I mean, just have to take my word for it. That being said, I am skeptical of everything. I try to be, even if I'm indulging in it, I'm skeptical of everything. I, I kind of take a step back and look at it and, and, uh, I am as guilty as the next person at, at, binge watching something or playing final fantasy for nine hours, uh, or, or, or whatever else. But I just think that we are a major, we are a major component. I don't think it's all our fault, but I do think that we are, uh, we as a, as practitioners or people who, who kind of just are involved in, in, uh, consuming all of this stuff that we're part of the problem. We don't set the phone aside and not look at, you know, the, the, the notifications or turn the notifications off like you do. Um, we, we don't, uh, you know, we don't turn this thing off and go practice something else or go ride a bike or go read a book or go do anything else. Just kind of, uh, you know, moderation. And I think to bring it full circle, how games can use this in a good way, uh, or use it well, um, is, and I, I don't know exactly how you do this, but I know that, uh, and I'll come back to Warcraft one more time, since we're just going to use Fortnite, Warcraft, and uh, maybe a handful of other games to to illustrate our points. But, but I think this, there's a reason for that. I think that's because there aren't very many games that are doing this right. There really, really aren't. I go back, I'm going to go back to Warcraft because it's one I can speak intelligently on, and I am in the, you know, I'm in Battle for Azeroth. It was released last year, but not all that long ago. And over the course of the few patches that are going to come out, I play maybe a few hours a week at most. Um, I'm doing rep grinds uh, every now and then, but they make those things fun, like uh, world uh, quests that you can do. Those are fun. Uh, if you like the game, they're fun. Um, and they've balanced it so that I, even though I'm not playing all the time, I'm able to actually get my rep up so that I can advance the story relatively easily without having to sit there and play four or five, six hours a day. It took me months, but the thing is, is they're slowly releasing content. And because they're releasing content at, at the pace that they're releasing content, unless I'm playing this game for my job like eight hours a day all the time, then the content's being released in a manner that, that fits with my schedule. And I would say that the majority of people who have been playing WoW as long as I have, have a similar schedule where they're able to come in and log in, you know, a few hours a week, maybe raid on the weekends, but it seems to fit in a schedule that, that keeps me engaged uh, and, and is not, it's not unattainable, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that I feel like I'm continuing to work towards right. something and they keep releasing things. Once I've achieved that goal, I unlock something for myself and that's I have a feeling of accomplishment. I don't feel like I've been wasting my time. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel all the time for all of these goals that I want to achieve and it doesn't seem unattainable. It doesn't seem it's balanced enough that it's like, okay, I, I do this, you know, I play this game. I'm, I'm doing these quests. They're a lot of fun. As I do those the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have that unlocked. And 
and it, I'm not looking at it as in the next couple of weeks. I'm like, tomorrow I'll come back and play that again. That was fun. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm not worried about the ultimate because there are other things for me to do that are interesting and that are fun. And I think World of Warcraft just has a, a leg up on a lot of these other games because it's been out now for 15 years, you know, and so they've had time to uh, to kind of to evolve and to and to improve upon the formula. I think the problem is, though, is that you have people who and this is, I guess, where we run into the, the biggest issues is you've got the people who do not check that they don't meter it. They don't regulate their own play. And so they become the most vocal detractors to, you know, you know, they are the outrage culture, the ones that, that are so angry about whatever it is, uh, the, the, the disservice that the gaming, you know, the, the developers are doing, because let's be honest, there are some developers that really are nefarious that are trying to get your money. They're tricking you into pay to play and pay to win strategies. Right. Uh, but there are also a lot that are trying to do it right. And because they're making you play the game uh, or because they're, you know, that you actually have to read something or invest a little bit of time. Those aren't the same things, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I think it's complicated, but I think there are some companies that are doing it right. Yeah, me too. I agree. So I don't know that we've solved that one. I think, I think, in short, if we were to summarize, what are a couple ways that you and I can list that maybe how attention economy can be used positively, how how games can implement some strategies to get us to maybe moderate our own gaming or, uh, you know, better, you know, just the, the best use of the time while you're in game. And I think one of them is the decrease in the XP or decrease in incentive for playing, you know, which Warcraft used to do as well. They would give you rested XP. And I think they probably still yeah. do it. I've been level capped for a while, so I don't know. No, I'm sure they do. I think, look, for me, it's three easy things. Like one, be a responsible citizen. Like, you know, the days of encouraging people to play for 12 hours straight is just over. So you need to think about frequency, you know what I mean, in smaller Absolutely. chunks. Um, I think I think incentivize us to play with our friends because the more you play with your friends, the longer you play and the more fun that you have, and that's really the goal. And then um, give us an incentive to log in in the first place, you know, be doing something in the background so that when I log in, it just doesn't feel like, oh, right, I'm at that spot, which is really hard and I'm not looking forward to this slog. Like, if there's something positive to look forward to, you're going to be more inclined to get started in the first place, which is, you know, that's the barriers is booting it up in the first place. Absolutely. So that's my three things. That's as succinct as I can make it. Oh, I think that's very succinct. That's, that's probably as, as good of a place to end as any, I, I don't think I had a succinct list like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, you heard it here and it can be done. And, and I think, uh, the attention economy is not going anywhere. I think this, I think a little bit of auto-regulation, if I were to say anything and, and to kind of add to what you said or elaborate, auto-regulation, um, moderation. Uh, this is not a new message. 
Um, but it is, it is always appropriate, you know, take a step back, realize that, that you don't have to be the first one to finish everything and get out and go do something else or play a different game, you know, whatever it is, uh, just, you know, kind of, uh, expand your horizon. Control yourself a little bit. Oh, well, now we sound like a bunch of old buddy duds. And I said, buddy, daddy. I mean, I, think I feel like we ago. usually do. I know it. I know we do. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. So don't totally at us if, if you need to. If you need to vent about how we're the worst, just let us know. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us, because that really helps our show. And check us out on Instagram, too, because we our Temple of Geek website always posts about our, our show, and we always have our hashtags on there as well. So if you kind of want to see what we're doing and what we're uh, what we're going to be talking about this week, it's all on there, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, there's description in the comments. So. Until the next time. See you later.